When you realize what your future can be, you want to do it right. UCF Online offers more than 100 fully online programs, plus personalized support from success coaches, so you can get to the future that's right for you. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning, I am Tom Cavanaugh. And I am Kelvin Thompson. And you are listening to TopCast, the teaching online podcast. Hello, Kelvin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Such a deep question for such a short podcast. Yeah, really? Uh, yeah. I'm doing all right, I think. I've read some stuff uh, in the past year or so um, uh-huh. about don't, don't ask people how are you. Because it's a perfunctory question, and yeah. you don't re- you're not really asking for the answer, right? There, there are other things that you can ask, and of course, none of them come to mind now, but sort of like, you know, things a little more n- neutral if you want a neutral answer, or things that are more supportive um, about, you know, I hope you're okay, or things like that, <laughs> you know. So, I hope you're okay, Calvin. Thank you, Tom. I, I, I feel okay. Yeah, and sometimes I, I answer that question. You know, I take it seriously, yeah. and, and sometimes yeah. people will answer the question when I ask it, and I take that seriously, and, you know. Yeah, I, I take the point, though. I take the point. Yep. That being said, I don't think we've said this in a while, and maybe we should. Um, pause for station identification, as they used to say, just briefly, and say that this podcast is what we call a collegial conversation about online or blended or digital or whatever, teaching and learning, conducted over a shared cup of coffee. So pull up a virtual seat with a favorite beverage and join us. Yes, thank you. Uh, it is good to make that reminder once in a while. And so I hope those of you listening, um, whether you're in your car or at the kitchen table, or, or mow in the yard, like I do mm-hmm. sometimes listening. Um, you've got some beverage of choice with you, whatever, whatever it might be. So yeah. today we've got coffee, and mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm drinking. Kelvin, what is mm-hmm. in the thermos today? Well, Tom, today's coffee comes with a story. Don't they all? <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that quite often. Um, <laughs> maybe this one more than, than some, so, so hold on. So not too long ago, which was another way of saying... Once upon a time, I was out of town for an important family gathering, and perhaps surprisingly, uh, with everything going on, I had actually run out of coffee to carry with me, and I almost always travel with my own coffee beans and brewing setup so I can have a good cup of coffee wherever I go, but I had run out of coffee. So I decided to venture out to the local supermarket to see what the best available whole bean coffee might be, and I I went into it, eyes wide open. Uh, I wasn't optimistic. My expectations were about right as I perused the shelves. Lots of commercial, mass-produced names that we would all recognize. And, you know, not much in the way of, well, nothing in the way of single-origin, freshly roasted, premium whole bean coffees. But it was I all did Tom coffee that you saw <laughs> on the shelves, right? Not, no yeah. judgment. No judgment. <laughs> no judgment. But I did spot a small group of bags from Kauai Coffee. And the bag touted 100% Hawaiian, which, of course, made me a little suspicious because that's a statement that triggers the very broad reputation of Hawaii as a source of excellent coffee without addressing the nuance that the generally accepted 
best coffee in Hawaii is Kona from the big island of Hawaii. But given my meager options in the grocery store aisle, I nevertheless chose to give this 100% Hawaiian, somewhat mass-produced-ish coffee a try. Now, I'm going to tell you, it has not been my favorite, but, you know, I've had worse. Um, so I did think, though, that with the story in mind, this coffee might be a good choice for today's episode. So I will ask you, how do you find the coffee, and how do you find the connection to yeah, today's I, episode? I think the coffee is fine. It's, it is serviceable. I would drink this coffee happily. Um, I do know that, that the whole concept of Kona is a big one because you brought me back a bag of like 100% Kona from Hawaii one time and explained to me that just because it says Kona doesn't mean it's Kona. Um, so, you know, I don't know if this is or isn't, but it, I think it's it's good. I like it, um, but I'm a generally easy to please coffee drinker. Um, so, connection. Mm-hmm. You were talking about it's not your favorite, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Kona has a good reputation, mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm thinking there's there's a thread to pull on there, mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to say that that has something to do with our connection. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, reputation was kind of the note I was hitting mm-hmm. on, and and nuance uh, right. versus simplistic understandings, and kind of the concept of better and worse as a basis for decision making. Uh, those were some of the notes I was trying to trying to hit there. Yeah. All right. So, dear listener, strap in, mm-hmm. <laughs> buckle your seatbelts, because if you thought our cameras on versus cameras off debate was controversial <laughs> and spicy, <laughs> where do you get a, a load of this one? We're going to talk about the U.S. News and World Report uh, online program rankings, which, uh, as we are speaking now have been released to institutions, but are currently embargoed. But by the time this comes out, will have mm-hmm. been released. So we, if we slip up and say what they are, <laughs> we'll, we'll hopefully be safe. <laughs> yes, that's right. We'll, we'll, we'll be time traveling. Yeah, and um, a couple of shout-outs here. Um, you're right, we'll zoom in, because you know this is an online-related podcast. Uh, zoom in, but there are some broad treatments of the U.S. News Best Colleges rankings uh, in several of Malcolm Gladwell's um, episodes of the Revisionist History podcast. Uh, Specifically, uh, in a recent season, uh, he addressed the Best Colleges rankings in um, two episodes, and we'll link to those in the show notes. Uh, I think they're called The Lord of the Rankings and Project Dillard. They're both worth a listen. Uh, we might refer to some of the insights shared from those episodes, but we'll try not to be redundant. And as a kind of a related plug, back in TopCast episode 18, back in season two, we addressed access to higher education and briefly mentioned a different mini-series of Gladwell's on higher education access um, from his season one, I think. Uh, and that's a three-episode miniseries, and that's worth a listen to, and we'll put all that in the, in the show notes. Highly recommend all of those, um, Mm -hmm. but relevant for today's conversation is the more recent two episodes. That's uh, right. And and he talks very broadly about the the general U.S. News and World Report best college rankings. And um, as you said, not to be kind of redundant to some of the stuff that he talks about, we're going to maybe zoom in a little bit on just the online rankings, which is um, is maybe a little bit more our 
our purview. But having said all that, I <laughs> I was just fascinated listening to those Gladwell podcasts, and mm-hmm. um, it, we, it generated a lot of discussion here, kind of internally. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there's there's an awful lot of sympathy for the the problems that Gladwell you know, illuminates and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. frustration with the way the, the current system is, is set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that. I totally agree with all of that. I think he, he dove deep and critically and brought in a lot of different people, um, looked at things from all kinds of different angles. It's really all of that stuff's worth a listen. Can I just say, um, I have my hesitations about today's episode, right? I have a... <laughs> I jotted down in the notes here, trepidation even, right? I had to like, talk you into it, kind of. <laughs> yeah, because, like, like, I got a lot to say on this subject. Um, and uh, I don't want to get fired. And uh, I don't want there to be backlash at UCF because of some smart aleck remark that, uh, that I made uh, about these things. Um, we've aired everything that we've recorded. Uh, so I guess this one won't be any different. <laughs> you know, I'd hate to waste 30 minutes of our time. I'm here. So I, I say that as my caveat. That's I'm just owning my trepidation, but I will probably be forthright nevertheless. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I, I you know, when I talk to colleagues, we go to conferences or whatever, and we talk about the rankings and there's a lot of eye rolls and oh yeah, mm-hmm. well, you know, you know, that they're they're not worth the paper they're written on or whatever. <laughs> and it's all just a popularity contest because like at least for the online rankings, and I, I think that's the case for the overall rankings too, at least 20% is reputation, which is sort of just the popularity contest sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, if everybody sort of complains about it and uh, somewhat dismisses it, why do we all still keep doing it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We, we do. And I'll say this as a bit of a big fat hypocrite, Mm-hmm. As critical as I am of the mm-hmm. of the rankings, we tend to do pretty good. <laughs> I should say pretty so well. It's okay. It's okay. I was the English major. It's okay if we do well. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. But so I promote it. Right? I put it out on my social media, and I try to do what I can uh, for UCF's reputation because no. we do well in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, does that make me a big fat hypocrite? Probably. But I'm I'm in the game, so I got to play by the rules, I guess. But that doesn't mean I necessarily like all the all the rules. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit, right? So why? Maybe we'll talk broadly because I think the 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 online specific rankings sit within the the constellation of the of the broader uh, U.S. news best colleges process and ranking and all that. Why do you think uh, that this is such a thing in higher ed? You know, it's not just, people do roll their eyes, but people participate, right? I mean, why, why don't we just sort of all turn our backs on it and walk away? Why, why is this still, why do we participate in filling out the review forms and in celebrating, <laughs> you know, going up or whatever uh, in the rankings? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I think back to the interview I did with Sasha Thackerberry. Mm-hmm. And she she talked about uh, in order to help affect change on campus, especially with with somewhat reluctant faculty, appeal to their sense of competition. Mm-hmm. 
They are a competitive bunch. We are a competitive bunch. And I'll say I am a competitive bunch. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm as competitive as the next guy, right? I want to be good. I want to be, um, be the best that we can be. And you measure yourself against others often to, to do that. So there's a certain amount of that. There are, uh, we're all competing in some form or fashion for, if not the same, similar pools of students. And like it or not, the students are looking at the rankings as a discriminator as part of their decision-making process on where they want to go to school. And online is maybe even, it's exacerbated even more because you're not limited by geography. You could pick any school on that list and go to it and not leave your house. And um, that, that maybe makes it perhaps even, even more competitive. But maybe at the end of the day, nobody wants to not be on the list. If you're not on the list, then then you're omitted. And that is there an implication that you're not good if you're not on the best colleges list? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be left out. Um, if everybody else is doing it, you're not. That takes a special kind of courage and steely spine. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think this is one of the bigger boondoggles that we've got in higher education. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, it's a, it's a nice little niche that U.S. News has carved out for itself. Oh where they get, my gosh, yes. Yeah, they, so for those not familiar with the way the process works, the, uh, they, they create a, a survey that everybody feels they have to participate in. And then... They sell you a, ba- a very expensive five-figure badge at the end of that survey to say how you did on this survey that they created. And it's multiple badges that you need to buy, depending uh-huh. on because they have multiple categories that you get ranked in. Mm-hmm. And then they have a tool that you can also license that helps you figure out how you compare against others so you can do better in their ranking. So you pay them for this software to help you do better on their ranking system so you can buy a better badge later. It's this, this crazy circle. Um, yeah, and yeah, and we're all in it. So whenever, I mean, I've been trying to be better behaved, Tom, but you know that around the office, whenever these topics come up, I've usually got some unkind remark to make uh, or I just sit there quietly. Usually I have some unkind remark to make. This, All of that's where I'm coming from. I'm like, this is the most ridiculous boondoggle I know of. And yet here we are. But I get it. I suppose that you don't want to not be included. And if, and if your aspirational peers or, um, or those for whom we are an aspirational peer, if they're all participating, right, then mm, I don't know. I'm not saying, but... In one of Gladwell's episodes, he does share the story of an institution that did make that bold move not to participate. And interestingly, interestingly, they went down in the ratings. <laughs> of course they did. Yeah, I think it was Reed College, right? <laughs> yes, Reed College. Yeah, there are others, too, that have, have opted out kind of at the macro level. And um, good for them. Yeah. You know, it, it takes some guts to do that. Um, it's like the first school that went test optional or whatever. You, mm-hmm, know, the, mm-hmm. the, you have to you have to have a little 
fortitude to yeah. withstand that and, and deal with it. Now, a school like Reed College has got enough of a reputation, I think, mm -hmm. and it's got a particular niche for the kind of school mm -hmm. it is that mm -hmm. I think they'll be fine. Um, but if you're some other school that's trying to raise your profile and your reputation, opting out is only going to hurt you. And, you know, we know from our own analytics that different parts of the country's presidents, this is for the overall rankings, hmm. rate us differently. Hmm. I don't want to say too much. I don't want to get yeah, fired yeah, yeah, either. Yeah. But there is one part of the country that rates all schools in the South badly, no matter what they are. <laughs> yeah. That's fascinating. It is fascinating. There's so much, it's so, such an onion that the more you peel it, the more interesting it gets and the more it smells. <laughs> it's so true. But, you know, sort of back to the online rankings, I, mm -hmm. I, I would say this, if, if the criteria were such that I think we had some broad consensus that we all agreed that these are the right criteria, then I might not have as much of an issue with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. One of the concerns I have is that, well, although this year's, this year's results don't seem to reflect this quite as, as acutely, but for the previous five years that the online rankings have existed, um, there's been no discrimination for scale. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, Arizona State, which has tens of thousands of online students is being evaluated against, I'm not going to mention the names mm -hmm. because they're, they're fine schools, but mm -hmm. <laughs> at least one good school that I know of mm -hmm. that was ranked very highly last year that had like one bachelor's degree program and 32 mm -hmm. students. Mm -hmm. You just, it's apples and oranges. Right, and and right, as, right. as a school that's on the larger side of, of that spectrum, um, it drives me sort of nuts. Like, if we only had one program and 32 students, you know how awesome we would be? We would be awesome, right? But it's so hard to be that level of awesome across a scale of tens of thousands of students. Or in our case, you know, well, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's that because of the way you have to report. It's not just our, our virtual campus students. So, yeah, it, it's uh, that scale thing has been the biggest problem for me. That and the fact that it's reputational. And I, I fear that too many people fill out that survey, the reputation survey, because mm -hmm. I'm one of the people who fills it out for UCF. Mm -hmm. And I try to not answer if I don't know. So most mm -hmm. of my results are, you know, N.A. or I don't what? know or something. Integrity? What? <laughs> yeah. I do rate us pretty high, but I'm, I think <laughs> we are good. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I am afraid that other people, because the temptation's there. I feel it in myself yeah. as I'm going through it. Right. Oh, yeah, I know that school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I saw their football team last night or whatever yeah, it is. That's right. That's and right. you want to rate them higher just because of familiarity or because of, right. you know, right. exposure. And that's not the right way to do it. But I'm afraid that's, that's probably what's happening in many cases. And there's nothing stopping that. No. And, and in fact, uh, Gladwell, in one of his episodes, talks to the person who at the time was running uh, the rankings overall, and, and he asked them questions like that, like, you know, do you have to have, like, expertise or personal experience with the institution that you're rating? Well, no. And the person sort of like, well, yeah, I mean, our thought is you sort of know the landscape and you respond accordingly. But there was, I didn't hear anybody in that interview talk about N.A. in trees like, like you right. did. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, there was something that came out a few years ago. Um, a, a previous president at one of our state institutions, the local paper did a Freedom of Information Act request and, and got that president's ballot to see how that person voted uh, mm -hmm. for all of the state institutions in the state of Florida. And, th mm -hmm. and their school was the only one that was ranked, you know, the best. And all the others were like trash. <laughs> and it's like, really? Huh. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, it was a little disappointing go. to see. Um, so, you know, all, maybe that's how this person really felt. Who knows? But I don't know. It seems like it's just a little bit of gamesmanship. And then the, the big thing that, you know, Black, uh, Gladwell goes into in, um, in great detail is the, um, the, the question of privilege. Yep. Where some of the criteria are such that it's like, you know, dollars spent per student yep. or something yep. like that. So yep. it, it in the past, it's been also like selectivity. I think they've tamped that down a little bit. Mm -hmm. They've dialed that back a little bit. I think it's still in there in some form or fashion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And good grief, selectivity and, and amount spent per students is yep. a total reflection of just how rich you are. Yep. And um, it's not based on outcomes per investment or how many students you lifted out of poverty or something right. like that, or how many right. Pell students do you serve and how well do they do, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what our provost calls soul metrics. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. oftentimes, it's been a big debate here on this campus, like how much do we pursue U.S. news rankings and how far can you go without sacrificing your soul metrics? Right, right. And so far, we haven't been willing to do that. We want to mm -hmm. increase our rankings, but we also mm -hmm. don't want to sacrifice our soul metrics. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some ugly stuff uh, that Gladwell surfaces. Um, you know, privilege is probably the nicest word that can be um, used. Um, but I thought it was interesting. Like one of the themes that he picks up on from both of his little mini series that we mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, related to access and sort of social mobility kinds of things is, you know, he, he drew two very concrete examples from um, this uh, uh, historically black college in, uh, liberal arts college in New Orleans and Harvard, and uh, very concrete uh, graduating black physics majors, right? Uh, same number of black freshmen and Harvard graduated one to, to uh, Dillard's 13. Dillard College is 13. So you go, wow, Dillard was pretty successful at that, right? And, and of course, your input, right, is, is Harvard's, as you say, selectivity was so much higher than, uh, than Dillard's. So, you know, disadvantaging access-oriented, social mobility-oriented kinds of institutions. So none of that's pretty. So I, and I just question the whole the whole methodology uh, in general, online or not. But uh, I, I certainly don't like to be associated with stuff like stuff like that. But I guess one question to ask Tom is like, what alternatives are there to these rankings yeah. from U.S. News? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, it, there are some out there, and you always see different different rankings that pop up periodically. At one time, there was like a Washington Times ranking, and um, there, there is uh, on the Department of Education site the college scorecard that allows you to maybe search for things 
a little more specifically and compare them and, and look for outcomes of specific majors and stuff. And that that can be useful, I think, in your search because you're you're not necessarily just going comparing, you know, some Ivy League school to some regional comprehensive public school. It's just not fair. They're two totally different schools yeah, or some yeah. local community college or something. It's just not fair. Mm-hmm. Too much of it is. Um, is uh, there was some problems I think with that uh, college uh, scorecard in the past because it was using like four year graduation rates and it disadvantaged uh-huh. community colleges and mm-hmm, things, mm-hmm. Um, and not recognizing that community college students are like part time and you know time to graduation becomes sort of a you know mm-hmm. you have to take all of that into account. And I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know personally the status of that uh, at the mm-hmm. moment um, or if any of that has been cleaned up. But I, Phil Hill I know wrote quite a bit about it at the at the time a couple of years ago. Um, so that that was um, that was interesting. So that's one. Um, there are, there are some others, right? I don't know if there are any others you're familiar with that you want to highlight. I mean, I think there's there, there are different kinds of things, right? Um, most of us in higher ed are familiar to one extent or another with what we broadly refer to as the Carnegie classifications, um, which are run out of a an institute at a university today, but started out from uh, the Carnegie Foundation back in the 70s. That's something. It's a way of speaking about qualitative differences between kinds of institutions. But boy, it's complex. I was looking at the page today before we hit record, and I'm like, just a member of the public going <laughs> going and look, you have a headache. If you decide to actually look at the definition of anything, they give you the option, they shrink it all down, but if you want to actually see the definition, it expands to something like that covers a page and you go, no thank you, and you walk away, right? You know, I appreciate the level of nuance, but it's highly complex and not built for quantification. No, it's and it's also, it's a little inside baseball jargony yes, to yes. like I still call us a research one university right even though that's not the name anymore it's very right. high research or something right. it's yeah, like it's know. such a mouthful you can't even hardly say it and, and if you say that you still have to explain it to somebody who's not in our business so you know just just say the thing that is easier to say even if it's yeah, a, yeah, it's yeah. an it's an old term I, I would say the biggest challenge we have though with alternative rankings is that the general public Still gravitates towards U.S. News, yeah. and not just for higher ed, for all kinds of things, hospitals. And, yeah, right. You know, whatever. That's a good point. Um, it's become it, like the uh, seal, the what, good housekeeping seal of approval kind of thing. Yeah, right? yeah. It's kind of the Consumer Reports, right? Like, yeah, oh, which the one's the best car of the year, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> um, interesting experience when I so I, one of my two trips to China, I was I was um, UCF was participating as part of a group with ASCU, the American Association of State Colleges and Universities, and they had a. Uh, kind of a little room uh, set up it, behind our booth where we were each college that was in university that was participating um, in this in this trip um, at this expo to attract Chinese students to come to your university um, had an opportunity to speak so I signed up for a slot and I did a presentation on UCF to a to a, a room full of Chinese students and their parents and uh, I went through the whole thing, kind of school we are, what we do, blah, 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 programs, what we're known for. And um, at the end, the, the, the first question and kind of the only questions I got were, what are your rankings? What are your rank? And they're talking about the U.S. News World Report rankings. Wow. That's what they wanted. And wow. it's, that's China. 
right? Yeah, so it, it's right. hard to overcome that. Now I get it. And I guess if you're going to spend the money and send your kid halfway across mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. to go to school, you want to send them to the best mm-hmm. possible school you can send them to. But I, I, I felt that it was indicative of sort of a broader rankings kind of obsession. Yeah, and yeah. U.S., like it or not, U.S. news is the, is the kind of ranking of record. Yeah, I think that's a very concrete example. I can see where that would be driven home for you, you know, very concretely. So I don't want to put you on the spot or put me on the spot, but I'll ask this anyway as we try to draw to a close. I mean, really, at the end of the day, I mean, are we going to agree or disagree that whatever value the rankings bring to higher education and society, is that worth, whatever that value is, is that worth the perpetuation of a flawed and fundamentally inequitable rating system? I don't know, Callan. Yeah. I mean, we can rage against the machine all we want, but we're it's all the in the machine. There. We're still yeah. all in the machine. We're all plugged into the matrix. Yeah, unfortunately, I guess. But again, I, I'm going to say I, I don't mind having my, the, the quality of our program assessed and mm-hmm. evaluated and even ranked. Mm-hmm. As long as we think that the criteria are fair and objective. And, um, and again, we've done fairly well. Um, so yay for us, but I don't necessarily think that excuses the, the major flaws that are in this process. Yeah. Well, fair, fair enough. You want to try to land this plane? Yeah. I was just going to suggest that maybe I should, I should try and sum it up a little bit. Um, So as we've been saying, the U.S. news rankings uh, for higher education institutions, they're probably not going away anytime soon. Uh, However, it would behoove all of us who care about higher education to turn a critical eye toward how these rankings are used and talked about in our field and especially with the public. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's fair. That's fair. I think so. I know we're, gosh, we're about at time. You think we slide in a plug or do you think we let it go until next time? Let's do it. All right. Okay. Well, we uh, this is the shameless self-promotion part of the podcast. So we received an Apple podcast review recently that we thought we might share and appreciate publicly. A listener with the online handle of Steve at Home. I don't. I don't think it's Colbert. I really don't. Uh, generally, uh, generously titled their review one of the very best podcasts about online learning with an emphasis on learning. And then this listener went on to say, the hosts enjoy digging into the concepts and mechanics of online learning. This is clearly a very recent review because they said they've had some excellent guests. Most recently, Dr. Shauna Dark, Chief Academic Technology Officer, who was interviewed about this new Cato role at Berkeley and about how people might prepare themselves to become Catos at other institutions, unquote, which was you know, the episode that precedes this one. That was good. So thank you for these those very kind words, Steve, at home. We appreciate you taking the time to plug the show. And to everyone else, we try to find all the reviews that you might leave behind. So if you're so inclined, please do rate and review wherever you listen to or watch TopCast. Yeah, that's very kind. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, and we appreciate all of you for listening. My coffee has dwindled. Thank you mm. very much, Kelvin. I appreciate it. And... um I guess until next time, for TopCast, I'm Tom. I'm Kelvin. See ya.